The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program, recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. All right, we're live. Lone Star Community Radio. Dick and Skippy in the mornings here on Lone Star Community Radio. Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. Hanging out, yelling out your ears. That's what we're doing here. Welcome to today's show. It is September 11th, 2020. It's Friday. We do have a special guest. We have Daryl Bayer. 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 Like the aspirin. Uh, coming into the studio, talk about the Woodland Symphony and the upcoming performance of The Tempest, uh, performed by local actors, and it's going to be performed at some park in the Woodlands. We'll find out. We'll find out what park it is later. So we're going to have Daryl in the studio. He is a musician, um, that kind of stuff. He plays the trumpet, um, and he's uh, notably the artistic director for the Woodland Symphony Orchestra. I've and said that like three the Woodlands times. Area Youth Symphony. I was adding that in. Yeah, like anyone's really doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome to today's show. Uh, we had a great breakfast. We recorded our review for La Palma's number two. Taqueria. Numero dos. Numero dos, very important. Uh, so that's what we just got finished doing. So we've already been up bright and early, and now I'm ready to go back to sleep. Um, it is Friday. It is uh, the uh, September 11th. This I will is the say, 19th anniversary of I will the say text. We will. I mean, we. I mean, I don't really know how you. What's the most respectful thing? Is just say, "Hey, I remember." Yeah, we remember it. We commemorate the day. You know, uh, here's the thing. I'm very strong about. You know, if you want to say hashtag never forget, but of course we need to remember this day. And do you really talk that way? Hashtag never forget. Well, hashtag anything. No, I do not. But well, I'm trying to. Do. I think you do. I'm trying to increase my my contemporary nomenclature. So do you I can have Twitter reach the open kids. right now? I do not have Twitter open right now. I have our okay. show open right now. Uh, but no, this is a day to commemorate, but Hashtag. also to move forward. We're gonna we're gonna laugh, we're gonna joke, we're, but we are in in my mind, and I'm sure in Dick's mind too. We're, we are gonna commemorate this day and remember the bad things that happened 19 years ago, and the fervent hope that it never happens again. There you go. There I like you it. Go. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. So we're we're basically just gonna be hanging out, talking until uh, Daryl comes in. So feel free to join us on Facebook Live. He's got the comments pulled up. And uh, Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. And then uh, we can also call and text at any time, 936-228-9368. Today's show is brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning and C3 The Woodlands. Uh, C- is that right? I said that right? Yeah, C3, uh, C3 The Woodlands.com or C3Memories.com. 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you so much for those guys. Uh, Clean Soup Office Cleaning, they're a Montgomery County-based cleaning service for office cleaning one time to schedule cleaning needs, uh, all that good stuff. Look, look them up online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com. Uh, yeah, moving on with that. So now we can talk about whatever. So the NFL finally kicked off yesterday. Hey, I got that. And uh, I didn't off. watch any of it. I, I kind of paid attention to the score because uh, the Texans were playing. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, they did some weird stuff that, you know, it's so funny to me that the, the today's atmosphere is like you have to talk. You have to have an opinion about what's going on in today's world. And it made me, it made me think about, like, you know what? What is what are true atrocities that are happening today that we don't know? Remember we talked about that genocide in Africa, yeah, Sudan, like that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, it's kind of crazy that like we in our own little country are going through our own evolution of 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 something, and then it's like the other parts of the world are doing their own evolution of something. But it's like I still feel I still have that thing in the back of my head that always says like it could be worse because it's probably worse somewhere else. Does that make sense? It, it does. And I mean, and then they did like what's what's interesting. I, and so I, I like to read internet comments. And someone made an internet comment about the NFL, and he goes, "Isn't it amazing that like five years ago, less than five years ago, everything about the NFL game day was about like the national anthem, stand up for your troops, they had mm-hmm. jets flying, and then it's like then we're doing a total one eighty on it." Mm-hmm. And I, it got me thinking. I was like. You know these these companies like NFL, NBA, they they had that. Don't some... forget, until very recently, the NFL was a nonprofit, tax exempt organization. Well, I don't doubt it, and it got me thinking. It's like they got to have some smart people working for them. So clearly, they see, they they predict things. Mm-hmm. So they see where they're gonna go. And I, I my my theory right now is. Coronavirus has really damaged the financial structure of all these major sports teams to the point where they don't want to talk about it. And I feel what they're going to do is when they get the reports back, they're going to blame people for not supporting Black Lives You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I and absolutely I, agree And I know that's that. as far as a conspiracy theory stretch. No, it really isn't. But I kind of sent. I kind of got a sense of it when you know. It's just like there. When you watched, when you watched, when you listen to the game, watch the game because I did see the very beginning. I watched the first like ten minutes of it, but then I had to go do something. Uh, you, I got that feeling. I was like, man, you know, they really sat down and figured this whole thing out. Like, you know, they're trying to figure this out because they allowed like seventeen thousand fans, I think it was, mm-hmm. into this into the stadium. So coronavirus was there. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of bizarre that yeah. they they did that and and then you saw the presentation of it all and I'm like man they really are trying to push something where like something's gonna happen where they're gonna blame the people for not paying you know something well yeah if you notice because already the words coming out from the NFL hey we showed unity and half our audience booed us so therefore that half the audience hates. Black people uh, and I wouldn't. Unity. I wouldn't. No, by I the simple that. fact of them saying uh, no, we were presenting don't unity. Be, don't be fake news. No, I'm not. They weren't. I mean, it wasn't really booing. It's not a you. It this wasn't. Is, it was right I now it. to kneel in front of a game is not unifying. It's guaranteed to divide oh, yeah. half the country. Oh, it's so it's not a unifying gesture. It's hypocritical. But I mean, it, it truly it, is. But I'm just letting you know. I watched the game. I don't think it was booing. You're looking at a bunch of people just screaming. There might have been a few boos. 
but there also might have been a few cheers. Like oh, a, absolutely. So you can't really judge the crowd. No, no, no. I'm not judging the crowd. That's what I'm saying. The, the crowd is allowed to have their own opinions, but the NFL is saying, if you booed us, you're against unifying. Oh, well, yeah. You're, you're, and no, therefore, the, the NFL, you're against Black well, Lives the, Mattering. The interesting thing that I want to know is, like like I said, they put a lot of thought into the whole first. Like they had did a whole, they? they had, well, no, they did. It's mean, like they sat down, they did this whole pre pregame show. And what, what's funny to me, I wonder what happened with the Texans because they stayed inside the locker room. Mm-hmm. For the national anthem or the black national anthem, I don't, I don't know the correct term. I don't know what it's called, but I was just like, I, I always wonder, like, you know, they made the decision. To a do national that. anthem, by definition, represents the nation, so you can't have a blank national anthem. Well, I don't know. I it was just interesting. The whole thing was interesting to me, and it's it's like they know, they know this will stir controversy that will that will generate views. And it's like because they they're hurting so bad on the back end from not from this coronavirus thing. It's like it, they're gonna hurt because I mean, think about how much money they make every game day mm-hmm. on game day at in that area. Like imagine if I and Houston, they make the same money when they refuse to play. Well, imagine Houston's game day. How much money the city makes mm-hmm. when people are driving to their restaurants to watch the game, going getting on the transportation to go oh, see the, the game, the parking. Take uh, the uh, I mean charges alone I, I pay say, for schools. I would say conservatively, about a hundred thousand people, maybe more in the in the Houston area, like are dedicated to watching that game. Mm-hmm. Probably more, a lot, probably a lot more. But you know, I'm trying to be conservative. But the thing about a hundred thousand people moving mm-hmm. all at once, it's kind of like what they do in England. Would you read about their their electrical grid? When tea time comes, they have to like do a special system because everyone turns on their burner all at the same time. I believe that. And yeah, tea, tea, uh, tea is not just a joke. Well, it's no, a it's serious like, thing in England. It's like it's always at the same time. Mm-hmm. 4 so p.m. They, yeah, they always know. It's like at 4 p.m. we got to change the light. Like the, the city changes the way it operates just mm-hmm. for this one thing. And I think, I think the football does that. It moves people around. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, Brett rightfully points out he says they didn't kneel; they stood up with their arms linked. And yeah, absolutely. I I heard about that. I wouldn't have known for sure either way because I haven't watched it. But it's the to me, it's the concept of being told, "Oh, this is a unifying gesture," and it could be a unifying gesture in their minds. But we know that any going either way to show support for or against is is designed to. Split well, what the popular enti- opinion in well, half. That's what the entire political world is right now. And people would traditionally go to sports to get away from the political world. We go to theater to get away from the political world. No way, world. man. I we listen watch to LeBron TV James. To get away from He's going to be president. Who? LeBron James. LeBron James is going to be president? Be president. I don't know. Obviously. I wonder what his platform would be. Uh, China. <laughs> All right. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I'm not an escapism kind of person when it comes to sports. I enjoy sports. And like I said, I've always enjoyed watching people at the highest level of competition compete. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much anything. It's fun to watch like people just, you know, they've been training their whole lives for this. Uh, but the Texans did not train their whole lives because they uh, lost. <laughs> it's funny because I got an alert on my phone from one of the local news sources with a poll. How do you think the Texans did last night? And my thought was, they lost. There was yeah. a catastrophic failure to achieve the one goal for which they were paid collectively millions of dollars yeah. to do. Well, it's kind of it's it's funny to me like that whole world has its own infrastructure, but then it's like you produce something that everyone thinks sucks. Well, sports to me has become a, much like the the, the Hollywood slash Broadway world well, that it's just bubble that. Well, there's certain teams that really ingrain itself 
in the city. And it's almost like to the point where if it moves or mm-hmm. goes anywhere, it won't like it will, it will. The Oilers had that, but then they like yes, they made that horrible mistake. I think, oh, and then not they, but like think about teams that are from a, a, a certain area. Like to me, like the Philadelphia Flyers are like ingrained in Philadelphia because they they represent that mean gritty. Because mm-hmm. for those you know, yeah, they eights, embody the team. Like the six years, seven years of Brachy bullies were causing havoc in the 70s and mm-hmm. it's like it became like a, a staple for the town and i think a lot of sports do that for certain towns like marshall everyone knows the marshall team that passed away and like that became kind of the thing in the town um and sports i think there's some still there's still sport teams that do get involved in the community and become part of the community in a sense mm-hmm. but I, mean, I, I, I agreed but there's only it's very few yeah and i think they're going again the, as Athletes are paid more and more, just insane amounts of money, and then take it upon themselves, I guess, from their guilt of, I make so much money, I must... It's like Oprah Winfrey doing her, her weekly chastising white privilege. Nothing speaks more to me about white privilege than a, than a female person of color telling me how good I have it, who's a billionaire. You know, female person of color who's a billionaire. And self-made, so I don't begrudge her that, but... You have that. I have these athletes and Hollywood stars lecturing me on everything that I, well, I we apparently know you're, have done. We know you're sensitive. I'm, I'm I'm dainty and I'm sensitive. Well, I mean, you ha- you also have to look at who, how many ears are really receiving this message, and how many who are receiving that message believe in it and they re-say it. Because what you know, my observation from it all is everyone kind of knows it's all BS. When they, when people start to say like they they like they say the white privilege stuff and like my favorite uh, controversial topic is what is Black Lives Matter because every time I see anyone talk about it, no one can. Well, no one like someone has it down. To, no one can say yes, you're right. It's right. always like no, 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 you're missing the point. You're miss- This is the point. And then like, but I'm telling you, it's a circle. Like all the co- conversation of what it is is a circle, and I'm like, well, well it's designed to be as such so you can fit whatever it is. If I hear, you know, if someone comes to me and says Black Lives Matter, my response is absolutely they do. There you go. Period. Move on. Yeah, move on because to engage on but anything you else. don't get it why they matter. You don't get it. Oh, but I do. You can't say absolutely. You don't know why absolutely. But right? again, if someone wishes to continue beyond that, you know, there's nothing I can do. That's someone just seeking a, a, a fight at that point. Yeah. So. There, there we go on that. It, it, and Sean does it every day. He wears the cape. I do. And he goes online and fights with people. I do. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> you're such a hero. But uh, yeah, so but, but the football thing was fun. I'm glad football. I'm glad sports are still going on. Can Can I point out something? I'm the football widow in my family. My wife is the football. Yeah, yeah nut. she likes the Texans. Yeah, she loves the Texans, and I don't even think she realized it was on that's how disengaged she's become well i think a lot of people, people are, are like, tired of well because thursday it's opening game and then thursday thursday football has always been kind of weird because every year they move it uh-huh so it's like i think now starting the october 8th it goes to or it's going to be on prime but then i don't know like what like, like amazon prime yeah football like, is going to be on amazon yeah. prime and i don't know not nbc or fox because they put it on the nfl channel originally i think or not originally but like uh-huh. last time i checked it was on the nfl channel so i don't really know i watched it online uh, um that way because that's how i roll um but that's i don't i don't really know where it's playing maybe that's what it is do you i mean 
Well, I haven't been engaged enough to, to determine it, but I just for well, my Houston. wife to be like number one fan of both the Texans and football, to not even be rowdied up. She oh, she feels the same way about Dancing with the Stars, which she ordinarily loves, but just seeing what now counts as a star, like Carol Baskin, my wife's like, I'm done. And this is one that I bought tickets to the live show for yeah. her. Well, yeah, I mean, it happens. You have the jumping the shark moment. Yeah. No, uh, what I will say, though, is Houston does not make it easy to be a sports fan because of their TV contracts. Yes. It's really bizarre to me how they just... Is that unique to Houston or oh, no, like, some major well, networks or major... Well, uh, like, for example, Philadelphia it pretty much is owned by uh, Comcast, like all the most of the broadcasts, most sports and stuff like that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they own, this, they own the hockey stadium, so pretty much any Flyers game you want to watch, you got to have Comcast, and you have to live in the area. So, like, there's no way for me to really watch the game unless it's nationally televised or I do some illegal streaming. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. And same thing here with Houston. I know, like, I, I, I like to watch the Dynamo, and the Dynamo, the, to watch their games, is either on, like, Cube 57, I think it was, but it was, like, a potato quality, like, of the of the game. And I'm like, I don't understand why they would sign on with these guys. Like, this looks absolutely horrible. And that's just the way. If they're not doing a non-national broadcast, because they can only show so many broadcast, like, mm-hmm. national teams. Like, I, I don't really get it. Uh, I'm, I've seen smaller budget productions put on a better sports than what they do in Houston on certain, like on certain things, especially with the dynamo. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So full disclosure, as we know, I'm not never really been a huge professional sports fan, but I've been engaged enough to keep up with who's winning, who's in the basement at right now beyond JJ Watt. I cannot name you a single Texan. I have no desire to learn. Same thing with Astros. I don't know if Altuve is still on the team or not. I mean, I don't think anyone knows if he's still playing because he hasn't done anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, unfortunately, here because for me, I want escapism. I want to watch a show, go to a theater, or watch an event that takes me out of the real world for a couple of hours. Unfortunate for you, there's some drama in these things. Human beings are involved. I mean, think about Mm -hmm. the... Think about that one guy working in the NBA. When LeBron opens his mouth, he's just like, "Oh, come on, LeBron, just don't say anything." This is like could go both ways. Just don't say it. Just don't say it. And then absolutely, and that goes for every I organization. Mean, think about China and the Rockets right now. The last time I read, when the Rockets are still in the playoffs, China doesn't show them, mm-hmm. and they're playing against probably the most well-known team in the world right now, the Los Angeles Lakers. But China's like, since that guy said it, we're not showing any of their games. Yep. And uh, but the Rockets get paid either way, and this whole excuse me, what the athletes are doing, I just find disingenuous because you know we're we're walking off the field or we're not going to play this game, but we're going to get paid the same amount of money. We are gonna oh yeah, I mean tick off half of well, our audience, but we're going to get paid the same amount. There, well, like the, so, let me give you an example. Of what I believe is a sports figure really sacrificing that would be Muhammad Ali, right? Like he he sacrificed boxing. He didn't want to box anymore. That was his that was his income because he was anti war. Mm-hmm. And maybe I didn't really understand it. Maybe it's different. He just tried to draft. Did he, did he, try, did he try to dodge the draft? I believe he did. So yeah, because I remember my parents' generation or my father's generation in particular. But what, I, what I'm coming being from very anti Cassius Clay as a result. Yeah, like what I was coming from is. He made it. He made a choice that he sacrificed his paycheck and doing something mm-hmm. he believed in. Now, was it right or wrong? I'm not trying to make that point. I'm trying to make it like 
To me, that's the... He took a risk on losing everything, yeah. including his freedom yeah. and his citizenship to, to, to do that. And that's why I always view with contempt these hashtag protests that people think that they're doing good by hashtagging hashtag Boca Raton that does nothing to solve human trafficking. Hashtag this or that on the field or, or walk off the field or whatever. As long as you're still getting paid, start jacking with the paychecks and the endorsement deals. And well, we can see that clearly what happened with LeBron James. LeBron James that clearly happened during the China deal. Mm-hmm. Like you could, like his tone shifted immediately because that to me was like, oh, this is going to get a snowball going. Like this is going to start something, and it's like, no, it didn't. And they they quashed it real fast. And I'm like, man, that's kind of funny. Like, and, and I think a lot of people who care about the hypocrisy don't already watch NBA. I think people who watch the NBA don't care. They just want to watch the NBA. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're not, there's nothing wrong with that. They're like you said, they're escapism. They just want to, yeah. they, they want to get involved with that. They don't care about what's going on outside. Yes, it's cool. I firmly support any athletes or anyone's right to, to protest, to kneel, to link arms, to say stupid things. You absolutely have that right, unless it runs contrary to your workplace rules, because the First Amendment does not extend to the the, the private workforce. Um, and you must be prepared to reap the consequences. I always said from day one when Colin Kaepernick first took his knee, absolutely you can take a knee. Be prepared to get the derision of the fans, lose endorsement deals. Now, of course, we have Kaepernick who's he, still on a well, who's on the latest video game, well, that's which what, cracks me up. This man hasn't thrown a football professionally. What video in, game is he on? Uh, some Madden something where he's a starting quarterback player. Oh, I mean, well, that's what's amazing to me about, you know, the they have those those think tank people. And the NFL's thinking like, all right, we gotta do this Black Lives Matter thing. This is important. What do we need to do? The first, the, probably like the first five things I would try to do would be contact Kaepernick and try to work with him because. But clearly, they have a. I mean, like, do you think they called him? Because he kind of started it in a way, and he's like one of the. But then he signed a multi-million dollar deal with Nike. Yeah, but I don't think he signed that deal going. Oh, I can't go back to the NFL. Yeah, I think he did. No, I, I don't. Think exactly what I, he I don't did. think that's in the contract though. And I'm not saying in a player's position. Go I'm back a few months to his, hey, I'm I'm calling, you know, watch me throw a football team. And then he changed it at the last second to another venue. He made it as hard as possible. If I was well, a scout. No, I'm saying I'm, I, what I, the reason I was getting to is I think there, he does not like the NFL at all. No, he didn't want to play the NFL, but so, he wants to use what little part he had in it once upon a time. I want to say good I mean, morning, Krista, to have he's you probably tune still into getting us. Paid, though. He's getting paid way no, he's I'm getting saying, paid more money now than no, he I'm was saying his checks, as a quarterback. I, he's probably still getting checks from the NFL. Yeah, and but add to it the he's he's a professional p- protester now. I don't know. I'm not trying to be glib well, he's an with advocate. that. Advocate, advocate. Thank you. You know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll yeah. absolutely say advocate. Well, that's what I always love when you see like the actors, the actor slash activists. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. kind of like Robert Redford. Oh, Redford. Every one of them. It's you have. They have the right to say it. But what about Paul Newman? What about him? Was he an activist? Uh, less of an activist, more of a an entrepreneur. To like his Newman's own, uh, every penny of profit from that goes to a uh, uh, nonprofit organization. Which one though? I can't the remember. The one that's lining his family's pockets. <laughs> no, uh, and of course, any philanthropist that gives a lot, you know, gives money to someone else, uh, for even for the tax break, I, the end justifies the means. Okay. Well. Uh you know, 
movies are coming out. The Dune trailer hit. Uh, that did. On what, what were your thoughts? Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, I think. Well, my well, the only question I really had after watching that is I'm really curious to see how much of the first book they're going to do because they didn't cast uh, Rahid. Is it Rahid? I can't pronounce his name. Sting and the mm-hmm. and Frank and the other one, the A's one. That, what's that character's name? That it's was like, Baron Harkonnen's nephew. It's like, and I, it's like Fahid. Fahid Shah, I, yeah, I, something I, like that. I can't remember. I haven't read so the book in forever. They didn't cast him, mm-hmm. and they didn't cast Princess Aurelian. So to me, I was like, okay, well, that's Oh, they did it? Yeah, so it's like either that or it's a surprise. I haven't seen anything. Maybe I missed it. Uh, but uh, th- that to me tells me that like, the second half of the book just doesn't exist in the movie. And so, well, they could be trying to stretch it out, much like Jackson tried to do with the Hobbit. Well, Three movies. Well, there's certainly a lot going on in Dune, and the, the Denny Veliview, whatever. What he does is he stretches out scenes, man. Like he's, uh, but, and, but they're they're breathtaking. So it's okay to stretch them out. You know, what I'm talking about like he always does the the establishing shots for like ten seconds longer than usual. That way, you can like you know just eat it all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cinematography from so, the trailer looked amazing. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think the actors they chose are really good. Uh, the only one I don't like is Jason Momoa as Duncan. Uh, and I think that's mainly because in the storyline, Duncan hooks up with Paul's younger sister. and Paul- Oh, that's right. And now, if memory serves, uh, Richard Jordan played Duncan in the David Lynch version. Let me look. No, I don't think that. Because no, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart played, oh, yeah, he played Gurney Zogar, or, Zogar, or yeah. someone else, yeah, as the, the mentor. Duncan was, I'm pretty sure that was uh, Richard Jordan, who unfortunately passed away not long after from, uh, I think, brain cancer. While you look that up, I'm going to read something that uh, listener Misty has posted about um, sports. Yeah, Richard Jordan, yeah. So Misty for the sports says, I used to love sports dearly to my early 20s. When Super Bowl commercials and halftime were more important and schools were building million-dollar stadiums but refused to buy band instruments, and now it's completely political. It's no longer take me out to the ball game, America. I, it's, believe, it's, what, it's believe what we believe or we'll shove it down your throat. So that's, uh, that's her take on that. Yeah, I mean, the comment on the stadium stuff, especially locally, I, knew, I do know some small towns that put a lot of money in their stadium because they use the stadium for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, the city of Willis, their football stadium, when they did it, like, they do a lot of events there that are not football-oriented. So, like, that's where they do the fireworks, you know, all that kind of stuff. Huh. And it also adds value. Did we just go off the air? Yeah. We'll be back. It's having trouble again. It's whatever. But, no, uh, I think that's what... Uh, it adds value to the overall school... And I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not opposed to building stadiums, but it's more of where's the money coming from, and where, like, and where is it going? Because what kind of stadium are we building? Because there's some st- stadiums in Mid Texas that are ridiculous, where they have skyboxes. Like a high school stadium has skybox seats that you could, you know, sponsor and stuff like that. That to me is bizarre, but uh, it is what it is. There we go. Um, we're we're. Continuing talking for podcasts, but we're... We're also on FM still, so I don't understand why... Oh, because these listeners aren't in our FM range. They can go online, IrelandStar.com. Well, they need to know that. <laughs> we say that They're floundering. We, we say that at the very beginning of every show. Yeah, but there are listeners. So. And it says in the description, listen online. Come on, guys, get with it. Uh, but no, I, I think the, the trailer itself was really good. I'm excited about the movie, definitely going to see it. Uh, but I don't think... I think it's going to... 
the plot's going to end short, and that's going to be the disappointing part. Like I'm going to be, I know I'm going to sit there and go, I want more. Like why should we stop? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the internet. Something's going on with it, man. Uh oh. Let's try so. and get back on. I'll let you uh, handle that as um, we well, talk. I mean, there's nothing I can do. Like it just oh, it's not like a reboot thing or something, yeah, or it just says it's not connecting. So, well, poopy. What does it mean the show's over? Oh, See, I'm not saying that. Well, but you're acting like it. No, is. no, no, no. It's uh, I'm looking forward to our guest well, at ten o'clock. Do you want to write in the in the comments, like, help out with the show, and say that instead of complaining, uh, get on there and say, "Hey, we're online at the." I will do that. There you go, man. That's all you got to do. I will do that. It's got to be a team player here. Is that what that is? Yeah, I think the the cast is really good. Jason Momoa really freaks me out because. He's supposed to fall, or he's supposed to be uh, remote, romantically involved with Paul's unborn sister at the at the moment, and that kind of freaks me out. Uh, that kind of stuff freaks me out, even though this is more of like an old. What do you call it? What do you call it, like the royalty system where it's like, oh, a, you're bound to marry this woman because a the caste fam- system. Yeah, like the families need to join. Uh, I mean, I get that. I, I know that's a real thing, but uh, yeah, that just freaks me out a lot because Jason Momoa. It, I don't probably mispronouncing his name. Uh, he, I just don't think he he's a good actor, but he only, he fits a certain role. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He has by definition a limited range, but uh, you know, in the sense that Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Well, actually, uh, what I would have done, Jason Statham. What I would have done, uh, I would either gone younger. Because how old do you think Jason Momoa is? It Samoa or is it Momoa? Mama, Mama, Mama. I would say Momoa. Okay. But that's how old do you think he looks? I'd put him early thirties. Really? Mm-hmm. Early okay. mid thirties. Uh, I don't know. But I'm a terrible judge of. He needs to be younger, man. He's gonna be hooking up with some baby in the future. It's gonna be weird. Yeah, it really did end. Oh wow. All right, well, let's take a quick break. I want to look at this. And uh, you're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We are having a little de- technical difficulties, but you can still listen to us online at IRLoneStar.com worldwide, the Lone Star Community Radio app at your app store. And then, of course, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. We'll be right back. Let's hear a word from our sponsors, guys. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County? Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. Kids are moved from their home because of abuse and neglect, and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com. 
The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. All right, we should be back up. Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. But we're still continuing uh, live, Sean. If you didn't know, Sean, when Facebook goes down, the show doesn't go down. What? I just want to make sure you knew no. that because you're acting like the ship is already at the bottom of I, the ocean. I fear change. Um, you still got the door to hang on to. So, yeah, if our uh, Facebook internet whacks out, we we still broadcast live on IRLoneStar.com. IR stands for Internet Radio, in case you were wondering. IRLoneStar.com. And if you're in the greater Conroe area, 104.5, 106.1. Yeah, cool. Cool, yeah. Uh, We were talking about Dune. The trailer Mm -hmm. was released. Uh, My biggest fear is it's going to be way too familiar, or or kind of a shot-for-shot remake of the David Lynch version, which was iconic. Because I saw a lot of, but see, like, kind of Peter Jackson, when he did Lord of the Rings, he paid homage to some scenes from the Ralph Bakshi cartoon version. but didn't you know do yeah. shot for shot? I, well, I mean, I think what's important with the the direction of the story, selling the story is I is you. Sorry, I didn't take it back. So, like Christopher Nolan, one thing I like about his directing is he doesn't care about what the audience thinks. He's like, you're going along with this ride with me or not? Yes. Like he doesn't th- he doesn't spell it out for you. He doesn't hold your hand. He doesn't he doesn't expect you to get it. He probably doesn't get it. But like he goes, this is going to be fun. Memento is a great example of yeah, that. that go with he it. puts it out, and then other people said, you know what? We're going to do a special version where it's in chronological order so you can understand it. Like, cause it's what, not what I What I liked about Dune was it, it was a unique idea, sci-fi, but it still brings back a lot of the old way to, t- to tell stories, like the old system where, like, oh, he's having dreams. Are they yeah, going to become true? It's mixing the mystical and, with science. And yeah, and you got some cool, cool sci-fi stuff like, oh man, if you live on this planet long enough, your eyes turn blue, you know. And then you have religious zealots. Those are oh, always that's only fun. when you become a junkie. Well, I think that's no. It's if you just live on the planet. Long no, enough. it's eating the spice turns your eyes blue. Well, everything the spices and everything. So you become a junkie. Well, do you get high off spice? I guess the tra- traveler people do, but you know, yeah, like the guild navigators. Guild navigators yeah. do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I and the thing I worry about too is people. If you adjust enough of anything where it changes your eye color, you're a junkie. It's, it's awesome about it. No, uh, I think what I'd be worried about is that general audience not really connecting with it because they've been absorbing all of these great stories over the past like 20 years in cinema because money has just been pumping out, you know, big movies, big movies, and it's kind of like uh, it's it's kind of like when they try to bring back old novels and it's like this is going to make or break it and. I think it's going to be a fun movie. Kind of like when Blade Runner uh, 2049, I think that's what it was called, 45. What was it called? 49, I think. It's like, that movie was really good. I haven't seen it yet. It, it's really good. And I was like, I, but I can see a lot of people not liking it. Because same thing with the first Blade Runner. A lot of people just, like, did, get, didn't get it. Or not get it. They just didn't care. But, like, the heart... Is Decker a replicant or what? 
Well, I mean, like, it, it definitely touched a niche of uh-huh. people. And it's like, you're going to have hardcore fans after this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the the sequel to it was really good. It was, well, I mean, and I, I'm excited about Dune. I think Dune's a fun story. But the problem with that story is it's not told in the first half of the book. So that's what, this movie's going to have the introduction. That's all you're, basically watch a, like the, you know, an introduction to a movie and that's what you get. What I think is going to be fun. There's no meat and potatoes. You're getting the entree. With this movie. They're not the entree. You're getting the appetizer. You're getting the appetizer. And then you're going to be sitting there going like, I'm still hungry, dude. One thing that I'm pretty confident is going to happen with the new generation of viewers. So much sci-fi from when Dune first came out paid homage or homage to Dune. Yeah. Like Tatooine is Arrakis, is the desert planet. You know, Lucas... Well, not, I'm not saying they're physically the same planet, but Lucas wrote Tatooine inspired by Dune. In fact, in the original Star Wars, there's pretty much a sandworm skeleton half I, buried I always in the thought sand. he always chose planets by the nature element and then just bumped it up to a thousand. Yeah, but I so mean. So he's like, oh, they live in a forest? It's not just a forest. It's a forest planet. It's the a whole planet. Yeah, like it's everywhere. And, well, that's pretty unique to, to any science fiction. You hit a planet and everyone is the same color and speaks the same language um, on that planet in Star Trek or Star Wars. But no, it's, it's Lucas is very vocal about it. Yeah, he was inspired by it. The, the Star Wars, original Star Wars was, I'm going to take some Tarzan. I'm going to take some um, um, Punchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm going to take some Dune. I'm going to take some Buck yeah. Rogers and some Flash Gordon. Well, Dune, I mean... But so what's going to happen is people are going to watch new Dune now and going, oh, well, they're just ripping off yeah. Rise of Skywalker, oh, not yeah. realizing that Rise of Skywalker was ripping off Dune in its own, in its own way. Yeah, I mean, I think the... The hurdle they have to make is, you know, you have to be an exceptionally well-made movie to get over those kind of people, mm-hmm. because when you when you, especially the director and the whole the whole look of it just looks good. So it's going to be like, if you're not really into sci-fi, you're still maybe enjoy it because it looks good, and it's people like movies that look good. I must say the trailer, the use of music, the use of cinematography. I'm inspired. I would go pay full price to watch this film in a big screen. I I would definitely IMAX it. Actually, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably go see it in the normal theater and then go to the IMAX and see it because I hate first viewing IMAX sucks. For me, it does. Okay, and it's just because it's so much. Like I remember, I went to go see the Inception on the IMAX when it first, and I saw Dark Knight when it first came out, and then I was like, I couldn't. The Dark Knight was a good example because uh, or Batman Begins. I saw all three of them on IMAX when it first came out. It's so dark. So when you have a big black screen in front of you and there's little detail, you're like, oh man, like. I missed it. What just happened? And mm. uh, this movie looks really dark. So, and I'm, when I say dark, I mean like light. Like it has yeah. no light to it. So I can't, I can't do the IMAX that way. Well, I, have, I have a hard time following. Bert found us again. He's wondering. So what about Paul Newman? I think we started talking about him. Paul Newman rocks because like oh I he said, got canceled he, the other day. Like he's canceled. Is Paul Newman canceled? Yeah, he's canceled. What he he hated something. He said something about Black Lives Matter. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you just we don't have to get into it. You can't even keep up with it. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Uh, but I will, we, uh, speaking of entertainment, The Boys is back on Amazon. And this is what's really interesting what they're doing. I don't know. Uh, it's season two. And I've noticed this is where I'm thinking streaming services are really catching on because they can't just saturate the market of their viewership and expect everyone to like every show to be a hit. So I think what they're doing is they're notifying, they're, they're seeing that it's a hit, the show that had successful season one. So when season two comes out, they're going to go, hey, we're going to release this every week. 
a new episode. It's a more traditional release format. More and more of these shows are happening like that. Yeah, and I asked Holly, I was like, because I got upset about that because I didn't know the boys was doing that. And Oh, you got to wait for a whole week. Oh, no, well, I didn't episode. know that. And I was like, wait, is that the like the whole season? I was <laughs> so confused. And I was I like, I had to look it up, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, that can't be the whole season. And then they're like, yeah, I release it every Friday. I'm like, man, that sucks, but I get it. I get it. And uh, I'm hoping for the season of The Boys. For those of you who don't know what The Boys is, it's an Amazon Prime TV series uh, based on a graphic novel series or comic series where basically we have real-life superheroes, but they're not good guys. In well, the they're, sense. Hu- they're human. Yeah, so you've got, you've, you've got their version of Superman, who's the Homelander, who knows he's the most powerful man on the planet and acts accordingly. He's like, yeah. nothing can touch him. He's above the law. You've got Aquaman, for all intents and purposes, who will protect fish to the detriment of human life and also just has this thing where I'm a celebrity. I must have groupies who do things to me. Um, so it's very, very interesting. And, of course, you've got uh, uh, Carl Urban playing the leader of this group. And those are the boys. The boys is this group of, like, anti-superhero they, vigilantes. They somehow each got ruined. Their life or one way was ruined, by, was ruined by, a superhero. by a superhero. Right. Like, uh, the main character, young guy, his girlfriend, <laughs> it's funny only because it happens to someone else, gets run over by their version of the Flash and just splattered to the four winds. And doesn't even get an apology, so he, he joins this group. Season one was very fascinating. You had the under the the understories and stuff, but then you find out that these superheroes have been made by genetic altering, which I'm well, going they, to be uh, careful I, coming will, into season two because it's a lot like heroes. When heroes started going down the tubes, it's when they had the well, timeline where everyone can be what, a hero what, by drinking this formula. What they did so far that's really smart is they're writing current event kind of parody into it so like for example we watched the episode yesterday and they're on some talk show and the lady drops a gotcha question to homelander going like she goes like homelander you know now that we know compound v is you know is is made what what's going on with the diversity of soups there's like 93 percent of all superheroes are white and they started like going at it, and I was like, you know, I could totally see that going down today. Yeah, like, that is like someone's so gonna... real. And then he starts going like, if you watch the show, it's pretty funny. He starts going like, well, we got a black guy. Oh yeah, and we got a black nor. No one really knows who he identifies as, so that kind of covers everything. <laughs> and so, but it's it's uh it's very enjoyable and it's very on the nose. And then it, it's the only thing I would say that is kind of disorienting with the show. It's very gruesome. It, yeah, this it, is not it can be very. It could be. It can be. So like. Every scene after watching something so violent, like it's gonna get really weird here. And I gotta say, my favorite scene, and I want to say, I had a Maiko and Brett's back and Bert's back, and and Simon's tuned in. Thanks for sounding off. We're gonna uh, be talking about uh, some of your comments, but <laughs> there's this scene that is so horrendously, horribly funny. It's where their version of Aquaman has kidnapped a dolphin to save the dolphin. He's got the dolphin in this like panel truck in a sling cops are chasing him he slams on the brakes or hits a barrier the dolphin goes flying through the windshield and i think journey's in slow playing. motion i think journey's playing in the background and then the dolphin lands and is still alive thinking okay this dolphin can be saved and then gets run over <laughs> it's just it's so horrible you're laughing through the the shock of what happens oh, there's to another good there's another poor good, dolphin. Uh, fish death 
in season two. I can't wait enjoy. to see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, but it got me thinking about what these streaming services are going to be doing, and like the it's smart to me. It's smart to have your A list shows be uh, released weekly, just because it it creates a longer uh, ownership of the subscription. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the smartest and, thing. And Brett says, put it puts your eyes on Amazon browser once a week, which increases the likelihood uh, yeah. that you'll click on I one of say the though, not included with Prime films. I will say where the boys typically, if you're going to say releases Friday, release it on Friday. Don't release it on Thursday. Oh, is they, it Thursday midnight? No, like I were sitting, I, we get, I get home, I got home late last night from working so hard here. And uh, my wife was like, hey, the boys, is it, I go, well, it said Friday. And so we're trying to figure out what else do we want to watch. And I, I have a bunch of movies I want to watch with her, but she does not like my taste in movies. Like, for example, <laughs> the Richard Linklater's Before Sunrise, after, yeah. uh, before, before, was it? Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before yeah. Midnight. So the first two are on uh, HBO Max. It's like, baby, you got to watch these. They're a lot of fun. Like, I remember watching these when I was like 15, and I was like, these are such a cool little movie. Like, I can make it. You know, that's what that's really yeah, what real got. time. Like I can I can yeah. make a movie like this, and because uh, it's really good. Because I make good movies. No, uh, and we're looking, and then I just look at Amazon Prime just to see, and then it was there. And I'm like, that's why would you tell me Friday? And I even asked, I even asked Holly, I was like, it's today Friday. Like I'm pretty sure it's today's not Friday, right? <laughs> and it's it, Friday. I missed a show this morning. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna stick with the plan, guys. So yeah, I am now, looking forward oh, only to reason, the boys. Only reason I'm upset about it is we were going to watch before uh, sunset, and now we weren't because the boys was out. Oh, there you go. So I was like, this is BS. So there you go. But yeah, more series are doing the releasing part of some other interesting TV news here. While we're on the topic, uh, words come out that you know Walking Dead is about to do its season under. They were literally halfway through filming it when they're COVID making hit. movies, though, right? Well, well, yeah. So what's happened is they've said they've released several announcements. One is that the next season of Walking Dead, season eleven, will be the last of the original. And that's Walking what's Dead. playing right now. Season or? ten is about to. They got nine tenths of the way through season ten, but couldn't finish filming the. The finale, season finale. Oh, because they film and release. Yeah. They don't just film it. Yeah, it's and, pretty and much it. as it goes. That's S- not a very good idea. Well, no one, again, no one expected the Spanish Inquisition. No one expected COVID. So they were literally. Well, no, the only reason I say that is think about shooting in a location and it's taking like five, four months. Well, they, they like should the be. Season it's changes. not like the next week they, they release it. But I mean, it, it's pretty much going as you're getting close to the end of the season. There's overruns. It's like, OK, you know, we got to get it going. But oh, uh, uh. but okay. the, they have that. There's going to be a spinoff series with Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride, Carol and Daryl. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. They're two of the they're most popular movies. characters. They're making movies. Well, no, they're going to be in a new series, oh, okay. a spinoff series. But now you know that both of them are going to survive whatever happens in Walking Dead. So that kind of takes away from it a little bit. I know that Carol and Daryl will No, survive. they could totally do like pre-Walking Dead, kind of like. No, they can't because this is uh, it's a continuation series. Oh. But they are doing other series too. There's uh, Brave New Wo- Walking Dead, Brave New World, or Wo- World something, and it's about like the next generation, like kids who've. All they've grown up in has been... It's been the zombie world. And so it's a new world. And then they're also doing a series of films to wrap up the whole Rick Grimes storyline. Because yeah, then he had like a helicopter fall on him or something like that? No, that was ER where that happened. Uh, okay. Uh, no, this is where they, they said, this is Rick, you know, Rick Grimes' last appearance on Walking Dead. So you think he's going to die. And it looks like he's going to die. He's, he's impaled and zombies are coming after him. But he's saved at the last minute by this mysterious helicopter that takes him off to... This mysterious place, the Commonwealth, and 
so there's going to be a series really of into the movies. Show. I like it. Well, it's a whole universe, and and they they run the risk of oversaturating the market, but. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't like uh, Fear I, of the Walking I'm Dead. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't like it. I, I stopped watching after season two. Oh, it... It, it sucked. Like there, I, it's had some high points and some low points for sure. I've stuck with it. I just don't really like shows that play like who we're going to kill this week dice game. Because some of the stuff is like, I get that you're writing a dramatic show, but it's like... It's like you, you you could write the character to be dramatic instead of writing writing drama to fit the ca- oh hold on which way am I trying to say it basically they they probably wrote the end going someone needs to die and then they I could totally see them having a bucket with all the names and they choose ones like we got to write it to where this person dies well they're not dumb they they realize that you know they would be stupid to ever kill off Daryl now here's the thing Daryl was made for the TV series he wasn't in the yeah. the comics. Carol in the comics was the Darryl. dies pretty no dies no? pretty early on. She's the abused wife, and she goes a little cray cray. So she tries to make out with a zombie, and of course it eats her I face. Like it. Uh, so, but of course TV Carol is different from from comic book Carol. You've got people who died early on in the TV series that are still alive in the well. Th- what their uh, issue the is it's similar to Lost is they let the audience kind of have influence over what's happening. Yeah, well, Daryl probably should have died a long time ago, but everyone loves Norman Reedus, and yeah. so the, oh, we're gonna have this guy now. He's the with Andrew Lincoln gone. He was the star of the show. He was the number one on the cast list. But uh, but cool. I mean, I, I'm never gonna watch that show. So it sucks. Sorry, uh, I do want to tell you that I watched a really good interview with the Dune cast, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy who plays Paul Atreides said that in all of his shooting, there was only two sh- two scenes he shot with a green screen behind him. Wonderful! So that I'm made me so really happy excited. about that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I imagine that's inside the the warrant. I was kidding. That didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a dream thing or something like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I saw that. I was excited. I do want to let you know. I saw the Nicolas Cage 2019 movie, uh, Primal. Uh, which, I, I saw it on one of my streaming channels. Which, I have no idea what it's about. Uh, it was but absolutely I, horribly awesome. But his hairpiece looked amazing. Well, it's so funny. like, Or his transplants, Nicolas whatever they Cage, are. Nicolas Cage, to me, is a really good actor if he's directed. Like if yes. you think about the like his performances, like mm-hmm. the, when he does a good job is when he has a solid director telling him what to like basically having a little ruler hitting him going like none of that mm-hmm. like you gotta do this in this movie they did not have a director uh telling him what to do so he was like already off his marbles at the very beginning, like first scene mm. uh so the movie is frank caught wildlife in brazilian jun- jungle including a 400 pound white t- uh, jaguar he ships it on the same ship as an arrested assassin the assassin breaks free and frees the animals so it's con boat. It it is uh, con ocean. I mean, he he is Cameron Poe on a boat. I mean, that's basically what I was kidding. Uh, as Burp pointed out, Cameron Poe is a look spice at, runner. Look at the this cast list though, because this is totally like a, a what this reminds me of is some rich dude. Like, like if I was ever wealthy, I'd be like, I want to make a movie because you know I can make really good movies. Mm-hmm. And this is the movie they made. Uh, it has Nicolas Cage. It has Femke Famke Jansen. Jansen. Uh, Michael Imperioli. 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 Uh, it has Kevin Durant, uh, mm-hmm. who played Juggernaut in the old X-Men movies. Oh, okay. Uh, he's pretty good. Um, and that's basically like the main, the main, main cast. But uh, it, uh, Hey, actors gotta eat. 
there's some like because Nicolas Cage is just aggressive in every scene, and it's great. It's like it's it's almost like he's acting because he's pissed off that he has to act. That he has to be there, and he's like, "Let's get this done. I don't want to be out in the jungle." Going back to Doom real quick, Brett points out that most of the first half of the book is interiors. This is to talk about the green screen yeah, thing. Yeah. It's true, but however, that didn't stop George Lucas from green screening every interior. Well, no, I think what I think think what George Lucas, I I bet what happened with Star Wars Episode One was the ILM came up to him and was like, "Hey, man, we got these great concepts of changing the way we film stuff. We got to beat Weta from Lord of the Rings. We got to do more than we got this great concept, but here's the deal: it's really expensive." And he's like, "Well, I could just remake. I could just do Star Wars Episode One, and we could just ride it off." And that's what James Cameron basically does. I mean, that's why he's making avatars, so he can use... He probably has some money in the technology that they used to oh, make yeah, that Oh, yeah, he invented so, some of the yeah. work that was used so in the same thing with Titanic ILM. He, he owned ILM thing. at the time, and he's like, yeah, let's. Uh, I'll just make this movie. We'll make the money back, but we also get to invest in this new tech and see if we can sell it. Yeah. There well, you go. And Jackson did the same thing with Weta for the Lord of yeah, the Rings stuff. Going back to Nicolas Cage for a second, I did... Uh, you got a little man. Well, I was in the middle of a thought. All right, what's Nicholas Cage up to? Uh, have you seen the documentary where they found the footage of him trying on the Superman? Super- yeah. Uh, I would have, unpopular opinion he, number 12, I would have loved no. to have seen that movie. I would have loved to see him as Bizarro. I'll, let, uh, I'll allow it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Imagine, no, with that suit, like mm-hmm. the way the suit looked, it looked to me like Bizarro's Superman suit because mm-hmm. it was kind of like off a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely, because it's uh, in this version of the movie, it was kind of like his death shroud, but it's a regeneration pod built in. So, yeah, so we have our special guest, Daryl Bear, banging on the door. So uh, let's take our break. Let's take our break. Let him, he's doing semaphore now outside the window. We'll be back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776.
Hey guys, Connor from the Ticket Stub, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Here we are, born to be kings, we're the princes of the Back on the air here on Lone Star Community Radio. Dick and Skippy in the mornings brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. And, of course, C3, the Woodlands. Uh, yeah, check them out at IRLoneStar.com slash Dick and Skippy for all of our sponsor information. Our special guest is in the studio, so we welcome uh, Daryl ba- Bayer. Sorry, I mispronounced. I always get, I get so nervous when I have to pronounce last names. <laughs> And I'm just going to be like, here comes Daryl. And when you're in the presence of musical greatness, such as the Daryl. Da Daryl. Da Daryl. Da Daryl. Daryl is the artistic director for the Woodland Symphony Orchestra, as well as Waze, the Woodlands Area Youth Symphony. Um, so is there anything musical in the Woodlands? Your somewhat hands are in it? You know, there's a few things that I'm not anymore. That's okay. That's all right. I had, yeah, I had my hands in a lot yeah. for a while. A lot of plates spinning. So, um, yeah, I, I, I took a couple plates off. Yeah. And uh, just keeping a, a few less spinning Well, right you look now. good. Thank you. You too. You yeah, looking look kind great. of uh, yeah. wild man of Bora Bora. you like a magician, <laughs> like a musician should. Magician. Well, yeah, magician. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of magicians. So the, because uh, not only is the Woodland Symphony and Waze, but also... Uh, Texas Brass or the Woodland Symphony Brass. That's right. Um, which uh, and they will be performing at. We talked about the Tempest coming up a Who, week from it, Saturday. No one, no one cares. Oh, people will care. People be- are going to judge you for having not going out and doing COVID stuff. I've already started a you know a bunch of Russian bots to attack the event. Bring them on. They're going to say they don't care about COVID and all. I mean, it's going to be I'm already starting to fend off some people. (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to get, we're going to, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll get a drone and I'll live stream it so people don't have to come. And then audience would be very uh, defeated because no one's there. Yesterday, I I did have to engage a couple of people who were saying, you know, this is just dangerous to the patrons. And I had to point out that in the history of the universe, no one has ever had to attend theater at gunpoint. Meaning, it's you can't say we're putting patrons' lives Wait, in danger. Wait, that's not how you go to the theater? No, no. Well, for you in the opera, yeah. I thought it has to be, Hollywood I gotta like you. the drama to scale up. So I love being held at gunpoint. Yeah, so, but to assure people for the Woodlands Arts in the Park, Shakespeare in the Park Festival, September 19th at North Shore Park, both I'm the I'm symphony. I don't even know where that is. Uh, Lake Woodlands Drive, okay. right across the street from um, Restaurant Row in Hughes Landing. Uh, both the both the symphony and Points North Theater have gone like overboard, making sure everyone's safe, secure. You know, we're we're trying to show that you can put on a performance without endangering anyone, and and letting you know the world know that outdoor gatherings like this will work just fine. Just fine. Just just, just fine. fine. And you know, so you got musicians. You know, they're blowing in instruments, but. I know that Daryl, I mean, how hard has it been to adapt leading musicians in this COVID world? Well, the mostly it's been, you know, doing a lot online, and now we're slowly rolling out into, uh, into face-to-face contact. Uh, 
specifically for this event, we've had a, uh, a friend of ours that's custom designed some uh, masks for us to wear. Oh, and yeah. They have. And, and, and it does fit pretty snug and tight. Uh, it's, it's elastic around the lips, and you can open up the opening, and you can put your mouthpiece. Now, for our tuba player, who's got a great big mouthpiece, it's actually a Velcro flap that comes down. How interesting. Yeah, and he's got Velcro, and he puts his mouthpiece in. Now, what's coming out the end of the tuba on the top, we're still waiting for the results. I heard that down at Rice University, they are doing. They're using some of their. They're using some of their professors. Hey, you got to talk into the mic. I know. I started. <laughs> I started doing some. Start uh, raising the roof. Yeah, I started doing that. No so uh, down no at roof. Rice, just real, real quick, they are using some of their um, uh, Shepherd School of Music teachers and um, and as some, test and subjects. Some, yes, yes, and then their science department, science department, and seeing how much aerosol is actually coming out of the tuba, coming out of a flute. So they're they're working on actually coming so up with some kind of numbers on that. You're you're already working on the apology when you do find out after you do the <laughs> September 19th show. Oh look, we infected everybody. It's even worse. Hey, I don't care what happens after 9:01 p.m. Well, no on September 19th. I don't care what happens to for people. the symphony. Yeah. We're you, gonna, you're we're, not going to be in the crowd. We're not going to be in the crowd. We are going to be distanced. We're yeah. in a, we're in a tent off to the side of the stage. So the actors are up on the on the stage platform. We're on a tent over on the side. We're socially distanced. We're all six feet apart. In yeah, what does it matter how much uh, you spit then? Six uh, feet apart, you're good. We're we're <laughs> we're doing the masks, and no, we and we want to do the masks. We want to we want to show that we're all in this together. That mm-hmm. we're all in this together, and we've got our I, we've got our it masks. Sounds like on. you're all being forced to be in it. Well, nice thing about now, I'm just, I'm just about I'm, Montgomery I'm, County. I'm getting our time. I I think it's I you y'all. This is one of those things where people want to get out. And this is a cool event. It's free, and it sounds like you're making every situation compliant to what the social distancing, the mask, and so like it's it's no brainer. If you want to get out, and you want to feel safe. This is a good. This is a perfect example of getting out of the house. We want. I mean, we want people to feel good about this, of course. You know, and we want them. I mean, even when you come out to the lawn to sit, I mean, you should sit with your family members. You know, no, no. Bring your. I'm, they're you, six you, feet apart. Oh, you're gonna even. They're you're gonna six, put the kids. They're, they're, the kids on the other end bothering somebody. Well, they else. can go down to the playground and play in there. Yeah, that's yeah, a big part. Play, play over by there. But, but we moved it to North Shore. Well, we didn't. The township did because you know the Woodlands is actually extended in the Harris County and ordinarily where we have this festival (laughs) there's a bug in the studio uh it's been at Rob Fleming Park on Creekside Boulevard yeah that's where I thought it was but that's in Harris County and right now you know there's no gatherings more than 10 so forth and so on isn't that fun so North Shore Park is firmly entrenched in Montgomery County and so the Woodlands has taken the opportunity uh this year to to show that there's ways to put on entertainment and still be be safe about it. Now we were fortunate that this is uh, the Shakespeare in the festival, or Shakespeare in the Park festival. This is our fifth year, uh, going back five wow. years when Daryl and five I years already. Yeah, Daryl and I, uh, you know, approached the township, and you know, Daryl had this idea, contacted me, I got on board, and it's like let's do an annual event, symphony and theater. To, to bring this festival and township ate it up. Yeah, that was Midsummer's Night Dream by Mendelssohn. Yep. And, and that was specifically, that actually had music written for it. Mendelssohn wrote music uh, for For, for that Midsummer play. Night's Dream. Yeah. And it, it came out great. And then we just keep on going out each year and we've won them awards. Is there a Shakespeare awards? play with the plague in it? With the plague? Like the bubonic plague? Or well, anything. Well, I mean, there's been, you know, sicknesses and like in the Scottish play. 
you know, talking about when, when Macbeth takes over as king, all these evil things start happening and plagues, but not like love not in the time the of plague. cholera. Yeah, <laughs> right. not the plague. Right. Right. But since then, just as long as we're talking about the, the music, and since then, Sean Thompson, director, a.k.a. Skippy, has, right. Is this a pal in the back? Show? Yeah, this is. This is, is a mutual a big, admiration. Yeah, buddy, yeah. You're over here looking at each other like, good Aww. job, buddy. Good job, buddy. You're such a good We're, we're so successful. Butt. Yeah, yeah. Come out to the play September 19th. It's at, <laughs> say again? North Shore Park. Okay. 2505. What time is it at? So, this is the cool thing. The symphony will start a pre show concert at 5 p.m. Okay. And, and play, you know, up to an hour's worth of. What of time just, should people show up? Well, before 5 p.m. if they want to hear right, some awesome music. I'm telling everyone, uh, try to come around 4. You can bring a cooler. Yes, you can bring no cooler, glass. No glass, but you can bring lawn chairs, blankets. Water, no alcohol, I imagine. You can probably sneak it in. Booze, booze sneaking booze. Uh, I won't be trying other people's tumblers. So, this uh, so if you're looking for something to do, it's on a Saturday. Saturday, uh-huh. Uh, the, the where's weather, parking at? What's the parking situation for this They've place? recently massively upgraded okay. North Shore Park because they also do a concert series there on Sundays, concert in the park. So they're used to, uh, out on Lake Withens Drive, there's plenty we'll of street parking. We'll put information parking. in the description yep. of like, yeah, the there's, event. Yeah, there's plenty. So, I mean, they, even, they have a boat launch. So Yeah, I mean, there's, there's Reva Row Boathouse. Let me ask you, you this, though. Putting together an event like this, do you <laughs> think it's safe to require like res- reservations just because you know say do say four thousand people show up that's a really good point you know what we, and we haven't thank you for that dick because we have not crossed that bridge and maybe we should talk to the, the good township. point because at rob Fleming yeah. park last year our performance we had over 600 in the audience yeah. uh, but that's a huge honking look, look. park right that's yeah. <laughs> well, I think people are people can be desperate for entertainment here. So North Shore oh. is smaller, but it's spread out more. We could probably fit the same number of people, but it'd be well. I, the reason I bring that up is the YMCA free. was doing a, a thing where you can get like a free antibody test if you. It's do called a blood drive for the blood drive. Yeah. And but they're like, but you have to reserve, and they have to. I was like, man, that's kind of funny because you know some people just kind of like show or up to blood show drives. Up. Yeah, yeah, because well, you can't be standing in line and waiting and stuff well, like that. I, well, I mean, I think reservation for blood drives make total sense because uh-huh. you got to do some medical background checks stuff like that. Uh, but for like going out and like especially going to this event, I, what I'm trying to get to for you guys is people who are listening who want to go don't hesitate to go. Yeah, get there like, early. It's, it's outside. Don't feel like if it's crowded, you know, like just get there. It's you're in the park. You're walking around. You're going to have a good time. and Yeah, the park is beautiful. They completely renovated it. It's gorgeous. So uh, the festivities officially start at 5 when the symphony starts playing, and then the show itself starts at 6. Yeah, and we got to be out of there by 9 o'clock. Eat your lunch while listening to some great music. Yep, bring right. a picnic. Right. And, um, exactly. And, and then when the show starts, leave. And so not only b- b- beforehand do they do the concert, but then also during the show there will be some you know themes and underscoring and musical breaks and so so without awesome. patting on the back thing do oh, we, you're, do you're we already doing let, it you're do, already doing it are we gonna let a little bit out of the bag there about like what kind of music is happening or do we want it to be kind of like a surprise oh i think i think we can uh, let people in on it you a can knight's listen. tale kind of surprise yeah, right <laughs> boom, boom. did they have smash mouth in that movie uh, smash mouth is in every movie <laughs> what, no. i have lost track of the number of movies that all stars is smash is mouth in. in that movie because that movie had like rock and roll stuff in it. Yeah, it had David Bowie. It had really Queen. Um, so this Tempest is set literally the week before 
Gilligan's Island starts, you know, where they crash on the island. And the, the idea is well, that... Well, I have no idea what The Tempest is about. Okay, it takes place on an island, deserted island, with this magician named Prospero and his daughter Miranda. Uh, he's the former a former ruler who's been exiled there. When you say magician, do you mean like David Blaine magician, or do you mean like a like like sorcerer, Gandalf, like, like a sorcerer, like Gandalf, okay. yeah, uh-huh. magi. And his brother deposed him. Wizard's a better word for wizard. me to understand because right, but that's wizard total wasn't fantasy. used in in the play. But he contrives with the sprite Ariel to create a massive storm to cause a shipwreck with his brother and these other people on it to crash on the island. Oh, convenient. So he can he can get his get his country back, get revenge on his brother, and get every, get him off. So he the brings island. all the the necessary people to turn that event into like welcome to Shakespeare. I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so my as director, my thought was. We all love the story of the deserted island. Tom Hanks and Castaway, Gilligan's Island, Hell in the Pacific. I don't know. Castaway Cast- was really sad. But yeah. my, I don't know if I loved it. So my thought of it was, what if they were all the same island that just pops up at different periods of time and space? Now that's a lost thing right there. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So Gilligan's Island started September 26, 1964. We're going up September. Are you telling 19th. me the characters from Gilligan's Island are in this show? Are no, they because dressed up like as it? these people are leaving, pretty much the you next day, it. Gilligan's Island. Why so, would you ruin that? So, it's, but it's set in the '60s, so we have some '60s tunes being used. In but this why would you ruin the ending, Ru- like the funny ending to it? What funny ending? You just told me the ending where Gilligan's people show up. No, 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 they don't actually show up. What I'm saying is the idea is. Right when these people go off the island, the next load of people are going to come. When Gilligan's Island leaves, that's when Lost happens. You know, it's the same. Uh, in World okay. War II, it was I Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mafuni. Because I thought that'd be it's really all up here. No, because that would have been really funny. Oh, Lord of the Flies, end, good one. That'd been really funny at the very you. end. You Thank get you a little it. bit of subtlety into a it. Cameo or just come, somebody come out with the basketball. No, the, with no, Wilson. Oh no, we were going to have Wilson. No, what you do is you get him to play the theme song kind of slowly bring it the gilligan's island theme yeah. song well and, it's song at some point in the show oh uh, okay then i don't and, know and i'm gonna come i'm gonna shut up i'm gonna come see it yeah 19th. come come see it it's a lot of fun and here's the thing a lot of people don't know shakespeare they're they freaked out about shakespeare this is it, it's on the program we have kind of a breakdown of what happened so you know what's going on I, and the actors are really good at letting the audience I, know what's happening what's weird about shakespeare when i watch it I, the only time I really enjoy it is if it's on like the total opposite end of the spectrum of seriousness or real seriousness. Mm-hmm. So if like if you take it real serious, I dig it like real. I'm talking like real good actors and like really doing it. Or you take it all the way to the end where it's just ridiculous. Everyone's having fun. I get it. But if it's like in between, I'm like I'm just I'm. If it's a straightforward adaptation, I'm typically not a fan. In fact, I've seen a a version of the Tempest done at the Globe, which is you know where Shakespeare did his shows, many of his shows, and it's technically it's perfect. Everyone knows their lines. Everyone knows where to walk. But well, it's, it's like just, Patrick Stewart. I don't really care to watch him do it. No, well, he has he he again has his moments. He's a good actor, but I mean. I don't know. But this is we love Shakespeare so much because we can everything too. interpret yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's, it was it's him and Robert. What's his name? Ian McKellen. No, what's the uh, that British actor who's known for Shakespeare? Robert No, Macaulay. Uh, I'm gonna go blank. He uh, Macaulay Culkin. He's in Tenant. <laughs> he's in Tenant. I believe you. I don't know who's in Tenant. Oh, you're gonna know who I'm talking about. Okay. Let's see. Uh, there he goes. 
The Oracle of Google. But so go. yeah, Oracle. but there's gonna be music that that Daryl and his crew are gonna be playing. That's Kenneth classical. Brana. Oh, Kenneth Branagh, yeah. So he's like a really big Shakespeare guy. He is. He's done some great Shakespeare. And movies. I'm like, and see, that's that's the kind of stuff I was joking about, uh, Patrick. Sir. Like that's the kind of stuff I would enjoy to see because it's like you got to pay attention to the actor because you know how structured he or she is mm-hmm. on the motion of Shakespeare. So everything's like pivotal, and you know how upset they would be if they do mess up. And stuff like that, how critical they are mm-hmm. themselves. So that's. And one nice thing about this is. But not uh, these people. You yeah. people are going to have fun. It sounds like right. a lot of fun. Well, because Shakespeare is one of the few playwrights where you can adapt accordingly. Now, you know, Brett's throwing down the gauntlet saying his uh, Helen Mirren was the best Prospero fight him. I don't think I can. Helen Mirren did a wonderful job. Prospero was written to be a male, but played by Helen Mirren. And, and one. Well, you know, movie. Dr. Kynes and Dan is going to be a woman. Awesome. There you go. Um, now, Dennis pipes up. Actors, he's quoting back at me. Actors are really good at letting the audience know what's going on. How unique. Yeah, in the Shakespeare it is. Uh, a lot of people, the audience isn't taken into account in the Shakespeare production because they just want to do it pure. We make sure to punctuate with body language and facial expressions. Yeah, is there a sound system? Like if, I've, if I'm hard of hearing, I need yeah. to charge my hearing Funny aids. you should mention that because not only will we be microphoned, but there will be ASL interpreters provided by Lone Star College standing on the sides of the stage signing the entire show yes. to our deaf and hard of hearing audiences, as well as my aerial is actually... You should have said that in the whole promo. As well yes. as my aerial That's- is, we call team aerial, it's three women playing aerial. One of them is deaf. Because you know all our listeners are deaf. Actually, so they're definitely going to know. One of our deaf listeners actually does listen to us. I know. She mm-hmm. does a real time. Uh, she reads lips and she joke. does real time. It was a joke. So you make fun of deaf people, but do she you? can't even see my lips right now. I so know. That's why I do this way. But she, I'm very anti. She's okay with that. Anti deaf people reading my lips. Yes, but uh, Hebatulon, who's that's, a great actress, isn't that an invasion of privacy? What to read my lips? No, you have no expectation of privacy in public. It's a joke. It's I'm not <laughs> laughing. You're so serious. You, I'm laughing because yeah, he's not I'm, laughing. I, I, well, he's going to go on Twitter later. I love my fight. dick. Yeah, I uh, love my dick very mm-hmm. much. But let's talk about the symphony for a bit because I know some stuff's been happening here. So you partnered up with some people, the Celebration Music School and the Ethos School of Music. That is correct. So what started these partnerships and what's happening Do we have talking result? points on the table here? Yes, we Daryl knows his stuff, Did man. you want one, too? Well, I mean, do I even need to be here now? No, no. It we, sounds like I don't need to be this. here. Here, read that one. But you've you've been doing a great job of the uh, the devil's shemp. advocate here, and uh, he's been a wonderful shemp this 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 program. You know, uh, I I do really want to say too with the uh, with the audience and the the family style seating mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to attempt to do at North Shore Park. I mean, it it can just be a wonderful wonderful thing if everybody does their part, just like just like we are uh, on stage and in our Texas brass tent. If everyone just has their picnic tables and their their lawn chairs and just has their the, all their families and their little family pod units. Uh, it can be such such a wonderful wonderful thing. Yeah, don't be don't be those people. Right. Yeah. And I think and, yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. Uh, I know that Daryl's been doing hard work with the symphony, keeping them safe. Same thing. This has been the most jacked up rehearsal process in my directing career, because facilities that are usually open for us for rehearsals have been shut down. Mm-hmm. That I've had to have rehearsals you know, in my living room night after night, but I couldn't have more than two or three actors in a given moment because we're masked and distance in my house or we go outdoors sometimes or so these actors have been having to put up with a lot for their own safety and even finding ways to to integrate some masking into the costumes so it looks real Mm -hmm. and we don't want that undone they everybody's worked so hard on this and next week we're going to get some actors from the cast coming in to talk about it working so hard that 
we'd we'd rather not see someone who wants to turn this into a a personal agenda or protest on their rights or lack thereof. And I, I don't see that happening. I don't. I, really I don't. don't. The Woodlands is not like Conroe, no, and I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> a tale of two cities. That's right. Woodlands and Conroe. Hey, um, that's a good launching point, though, what you're saying about how rehearsals have changed. Because last night we did have our first Waze rehearsal at uh, Celebration School of Music, which is inside uh, Celebration Church on Research Forest in the Woodlands. And uh, we were given the large fellowship hall to practice in, and um, I marked off the, the kids six feet away from each other. And um, what's uh, an, a new thing that symphonies are going to have to get used to is in the strings, we have something called stand partners. And the first two violins sit side by side and they share one music stand. Yeah. Okay. That's so that the person on the inside can turn, can turn pages for the for the other for the other person while they're playing, and that's been a symphony tradition for hundreds and hundreds of years. So that, even so through is, the real is that, plague, is that because it's practical? Because it's like they they try to find a solution. It's like, hey, I can't turn it while I'm yeah. If you're doing music. this and you're coming up to the end of the so your second right. string. So yes, you're you're the inside, and even sometimes the music is written where you harmonize. Where even though your first violin, you think of okay, well, second violin is going to have the harmony, but sometimes first has a split in their part so if you sit closer to the audience you play the higher notes and if you're on the inside if you're the page turner you also have to play the lower notes or the harmony parts so it's even it's split that way all the way down so outside closer to the audience you're you're the main person and and you don't have to turn the pages and you get to play the higher harmonies and Daryl, this tradition is actually get an ipad and get a bluetooth pedal there and, you go. And there you go. Turn and, the that's, and that's one of our big uh, drives for this year as we launch our, our fundraiser. Cool. Our fundraiser is we want to see if we can get a, a company to donate or uh, we're, we're accepting donations that we can get 10 or 15 uh, iPads with the music and the musicians can come in. A lot of them have already started. They even started last year, last two you years. You get one of those iPad Pros, which are yes. like obnoxiously yes. big. Yeah, exactly. Was it like a 14 or something like yeah, that? It's, it's the size like, of a laptop. Bigger yeah. than my dorm room TV hey, you're, in college. You're, you're FaceTiming, walking around like this. So you, you hit it right on the, on the head. So we're uh, encouraging all the musicians, both in Ways and the Woodland Symphony, if you have an iPad, start bringing it to rehearsals, load your music. All the music is digitized, put on Dropbox. Um, they get their music. They download their music. Um, they have to come to rehearsal. If they don't have an iPad, they have to come with their own music in their in their own binder. And and we've separated uh, to individual stands rather than the, the violins sharing. And then uh, when we go to the brass section, uh, we will still, they've always had their own stand. They've always been individualized. They're give everyone ponchos, water ponchos. Yeah. We'll all put, the spit everywhere. Well, yeah, like Gallagher. We'll put I the, would be we'll remiss... The drummers in a cage, there you that go. plexiglass cage around the drummers, <laughs> which is yeah, the best best place for them. Yeah. I'd be remiss in not pointing out that this tradition of page turning and sitting close to each other has survived even through like the real play. We know you're you're going down the Alex Jones path right now. We know where you're going with I'm it. I'm not saying the aliens he, he believe, it Yeah, we're not getting there today. But my punchline to that was even with that in mind, the symphony is going. Not, well, not going, like it's overboard. going above and beyond. Above and something. beyond, exactly. To, so. to to make sure that even though historically, you know, it's easier for the, the violinist to share that page, to make the audiences feel safe and to ensure the safety well, of the violinist. I mean, 
I, things that have rushed. Y'all are doing great. Are it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great and, show. And I, I will tell you that it's also stretching everyone's ears. Last night in rehearsal, you don't have that comfort zone of when, you change, when you change bows as a violin player or even as a wind player and you change notes, when you're that close to another person uh, out of your peripheral, you can see them, the clarinet player, start to switch notes. You you can't rely. You've Your strength as a musician now oh, is yeah. your strength. Well, the only, only issue I would have watching you guys is the sound. Like, I, I always imagine when the symphony together, the sound is stronger because mm-hmm. it feels like well, it's coming it from be. one source. But then when you're doing it spread out, but then again, it's like if you're if you can't hear it, get closer, dude. And if you're gonna complain about but it, hand in hand with that, in my like clarinet days when I was with large uh, orchestras or, or or combos, I would could rest easy in playing light or not at all because I had four or five, six other clarinets around me to pick up the slack. Now with six feet of distance between each one, you can't have any. Well, weak you know links. that's in his pep talk. He's like, guys, just don't don't, don't like, suck. You can suck all you want, but it has to be on your f- instrument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they've really got to. They're going to really have to step up this year. What instrument do you suck in? No, like inhale harmonica. Okay, do you have a harmonica in your group? Probably there is not. no harmonica right now. But everything's oh, blowing, right? right? There are some trumpet players that when you hear them play a really really high note, they're actually not blowing. They're going. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and they'll and they. That's they, kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of it's a big cheat, but and everyone goes, "Ooh, did you hear that high note?" Sorry, I'm going on a trumpet. He right held now. it for 98 can seconds. Can, can he achieve that high note blowing? Oh yes, and that's the real way. And it's fatter and it's thicker and it's rounder, okay. and you feel it right here. But yeah, you'll hear these trumpet players go on a high note. That's yeah. funny. Okay. What, what's the other partnership you started? So uh, celebration. Oh, is, do you need is, your talking points? <laughs> no, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let our guest talk about it. So we also have Ethos School of Music, and uh, Ethos, Ethos is right on uh, 1488 at Kirkendall. So it does have a Magnolia address, but oh my gosh, it's like two I minutes. I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, it's like two minutes from the Woodlands, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so they have already had in place a wonderful piano and strings program uh, for the last few years. So they reached out to me. They want to start adding instrumental and they want to do uh, a band program over there, and then a jazz program. Nice. And, uh, so, so when we'll, someone says like a band program, do you mean like a traditional five-person band, or uh, do you mean like a, no a, a band, band as in like yeah as in what you would have? Uh, we're trying to really reach the homeschoolers right now, or the people that have decided to stay home so they can't get the arts at school the way yeah. that they used to. So uh, we're offering a band. We believe that uh, because the word got out late in august we didn't uh, we didn't i mean we hadn't been planning this for six months we've only been planning it for a few weeks so uh we believe that that'll really get rolling in january that right now the numbers are not high enough to sustain uh to sustain those groups we'll just offer lessons over there for now for the instrumentalists but again ethos has always been uh piano vocal and and uh some small chamber groups um you know little violin trios and things like that what about so, jazz how many people are in jazz bands well that's what i, I told him I, I i i told the director over there uh corin azuzian and i told corin, yes i know is uh and Cor, we'll just we'll just call him corin and uh <laughs> but i told him i said you know if we have five if we have five students we can call it a combo 
we can call it. And we can also focus on jazz improvisation, jazz interpretation, uh, do some jazz history and stylistic stuff. It doesn't have to be a 16, 18 big band with, yeah. Yeah, with a vocalist and all that. So, uh, But, I mean, that would be our hope is that we can get it up to about a 12 or 16 piece uh, uh, big band style. Within I always the, imagine within jazz band to be like a stand-up. What is that bass? So it's called right. Yeah, yeah. upright yeah. bass. Upright bass, bass. A piano, a trumpet, maybe sax, sax, and then brush drum, brushes on drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, there, and then someone singing that you know is dressed really scandalous. Ooh. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, right. yeah. That's you can never yeah. go wrong with a red sequin gown, female with or male. Gloves. Doesn't matter. Sometimes you gotta be scandalous. What's really nice is both when they when they play off of each other. Oh yeah, really nice to have both female and. and we male need a, Is there a good jazz place around here? Because I know, like, I went to one in San Antonio. Genuine has uh, every Tuesday or Thursday jazz on the north side. Genuine Wine Bar off uh, uh, fourteen eighty eight. Uh, they, they're every week they try to with Sherry Lavo or Lavo. I'm not sure how you pronounce mm-hmm. her name. Uh, oversees that. So there, there's something. There's a, and as the area opens up more, uh, to to entertainment venues and, and stuff like that, I think we'll see more jazz. I wish you could still smoke in places. I miss part of me misses that a lot too. Doing a cigar, yeah, just about hanging, a cigar out, hanging out in scotch. a jazz place. Oh, when yeah. I learned bass, I was the guy who would light a cigarette and I'd put the drinking cigarette whiskey and my fretboard there as I'd play and. Between, you know, if there was if I, if I could hold like a solid, just an open note, bang, I'd take a drag off the cigarette, put it back on the fretboard. And I I apologize, I, I kind of snorted into the microphone. Just I saw that whole visual. I actually saw you. Don't don't forget the uh, fedora, the, the young Skippy. Yes, with the yes, I, I I saw that all in my mind. I saw Huey Lewis's bass player. He just looks so great in his sunglasses and the cigarette between his lips. I want to be that guy, and that that's what inspired me to learn the bass. There's this place uh, in San Antonio. It's called Jazz Texas. I'll show a picture of it. It's really cool. It's probably one of the coolest jazz bars I've been to. And it, uh, it's all it's under it's uh, in the basement. Very nice. Very. So nice. I want to. Oh yeah. Okay. So oh, talking talking points. Going over the talking points. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, that, that was a whis- that was a whispering point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can hear it. I can hear it. But yeah, so like. Microphone. Yeah, so, so he goes. Sorry, Hi, I'm scared. Microphone has been turned off and right now. Oh, but it says cough. It didn't say. Yeah, whisper. that's why I can say whisper. <laughs> no one hears me cough. Whisper button. But yeah, so what we do want to make sure to talk about not only is the symphony doing some awesome stuff, but the Woodlands Area Youth Symphony or Ways. Uh, you know, now that school's back in and the lockdowns is are are opening up a bit. Uh, there's a lot of young talent out there that needs guidance soon, and Daryl and Waze is one great way to do it. So, of course, we have the Women's Area Youth Symphony. Nothing like it around. Conroe doesn't have a version, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, and so so I this is all so. Daryl. But you can't have a youth symphony without youth in it. So is there some kind of drive going on that's going to get there membership is. in? Even though we started rehearsal last night with our first wave of students, uh, we'll, we'll still accept more for about two more weeks. As we get closer to our October 29th concert, we will have to cut that down because just for our, our quality control. And you know that we keep really high standards. Mm-hmm. So we have about two more weeks that we can accept more students. <clears throat> Viola play are always hard to find so big shout out if you play or played the viola get which is a the, violin on steroids yeah it's just a fat violin i think they don't like it because what about a hurdy-gurdy 
Uh, yeah, but we can incorporate that into a Shakespeare play, right? Somewhere um, with the with the harmonica player, <laughs> um, viola players. We we could use a few uh, violas, and uh, just basically in the winds. I think what's happening right now is we're up against Texas marching band. So schools have reopened with a certain capacity, and the band programs are having their after-school rehearsals. Of course, they're outdoors, so everyone's safe. But they, so they're do, they're doing a lot of marching band right now. Families, kids feel a little a, a little a lot overwhelmed with their going back to school, academics, and oh, then if you are a musician, I mean, back in the, my day, the rigor. I mean. <laughs> the rigor of marching band to take on something else. So I just want to let you know that we're just one day a week. We're Thursday evenings from six to eight 30, uh, for our rehearsals. And then after that, of course you practice at home and you practice your music and you come back the next Thursday, even more prepared to move even more forward. But, um, so if there's students out there, if you're wind and percussion players and you feel like the whole, the band is too much, Come and play in an orchestra. It's a whole. It's a different feel. What's the benefit? Besides, well, I mean, well, because I mean, as a young, a young person, I imagine there's, you know, like you want to go more if you really care about the instrument. You really mm -hmm. like. You kind of want to test it in different fields. So it sounds like, hey, it'd be a great opportunity to learn this this instrument you enjoy in the field of orchestra. Exactly. Well, just like you got excited about jazz, when we started talking about jazz, you were all excited about it and you were checking out all these different jazz venues. There's some people that get really excited about when you say orchestra to them, or maybe they haven't experienced it before. And once they try it and they play in the orchestra, they go, this is a totally different sound. I've been playing in band well, like, for six years, and now this. I mean, I my family has been a big supporter of the Houston Symphony, and I've grew up going to them. And I the one problem I always have with that kind of stuff is I don't know if it's bad or good. Like I can't really, I don't have, I don't have that. Like, well, you know, the they're same, doing this all wrong. I may not wrong. know art, but I know what I like. If it sounds pleasing to your ear, then it's good. Oh yeah, I, oh, I dig it for you, mm, right? So, and I think that a lot of symphony goers, they probably don't just listen to that piece. Uh, let's say that they're going to do Mahler's Fifth Symphony. They've probably have one or two or three of their favorite records back at home that they listen to. Or now, I mean, we can go on YouTube. Uh, a lot of the music that we're doing for the next Waze concert is music that was made really famous by the Boston Pops. And I told the kids last night, I said, get on YouTube this weekend, and I will too, and I'll send you links. But listen to the way the Boston Pops plays Fiddle Faddle. Yeah, listen there's a the reason way... it's popular. Right. They created they, a reason. So. That, yes, exactly. And, and that's kind of the definitive. So to answer your question, when you know more of the definitive mm -hmm. recordings, the great orchestras, then when you go to the Houston Symphony, you go, wow, they really rock that I just like vibe. live orchestra music. So it's oh, a lot it's... different than listening on like the super CD. There's something about live. I went to a couple of years years ago they had this star trek concert coming to town where they it was at a um the jones hall or, or something and they would show on a big screen like scenes from star trek movies or tv series but the orchestra would be playing live and there's just something about it i think another benefit for joining a, a symphony that you're asking about i think a musician a symphony for a musician is like a, a core a choir to a singer you join something bigger and greater 
I think they, well, it makes this, you a better better artist. Yeah, but I imagine you get, it gets to socialize you in the sense that you're with people who are like you, but there are individual talents and acquire. If you you're an overachiever, <laughs> join this because yeah. it'll teach you how to become. Even well, better. here's the thing: you kind of have to be. Now I know that ways will you know you have to audition for it, and this is not like your well, typical twi- yes, taekwondo definitely. class where. Little Bobby who can't hit anything still wins the the trophy. But I'm you pretty sure work. buying a couple of iPads will get you in. It probably wouldn't hurt, but but I mean they're rigorous fighters. <laughs> at least, yeah, five minimum of five, and, and then uh, we'll talk about. And it. then we'll <laughs> put them on an electric fight instrument and just turn it down to zero. Yeah, we'll take them. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean there are some rigorous standards, right? It's, I mean you want to well, teach okay. children, but I, it's not like this is not just a lark show up for a week and right. like and, it and or not. It's it's interesting because over the years, I mean, Waze has been around for five five years now wow. too. They uh, the requests for my child is in fourth grade and just started playing the violin. Those requests have started to go away. We we now have the reputation in uh, in this area. In, oh, because your yeah. nose is so far up. Yes. We, uh, yeah, okay. snobbiness is good. Yeah, it's part of the whole symphony. You know that you have to have your nose a little uh, up there. And uh, but what but, instrument? that trumpet <laughs> yes definitely. trumpet players and uh, there's no psychological difference between a trumpet player uh, a neurosurgeon well, I, and a jet fighter pilot i, I think that's and the, i think oboe players their noses flare yes i think that's a big flare a, a big disconnect people <laughs> realize when it comes to instruments is the amount of practice you have to put in to sound if anything average is substantial like it's 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 kind of crazy to me when it's like oh you can't just pick it up and learn how to do it in a day. Mm-hmm. I mean you need weeks of practice beyond weeks right. to be okay at it and to get beautiful and, tone quality. It's developing the tone quality uh, and and not to say anything bad about guitar or piano or anything, but depending on how much money you spend on that guitar, I mean, you can start playing and have some a nice sound. You can get a piano for your house. You can get a, a $20,000, you know, $30,000 piano for your house. And oh, because everyone just, can just do that. Right. And, Lay and, away. But your, but your tone quality can be just beautiful right off the bat. Well, that's, when our, that's kind of the uh, discussion I like having with musicians, because I'm not a musician myself. I don't know anything about the scales or anything like that, but I... I always am interested in le- uh, learning if knowing how to read music makes you that much more of a better artist. And I, in my theory, it is because you can actually understand where you go, things go wrong because you're able to label them and identify it. Now, if I'm just a guy who picked up a guitar because I want to impress some chicks and then all of a sudden I'm okay at it. and Because a lot of uh, Texas music artists who do country music do not know how to read music, mm-hmm. a lot of them. But they know how to define a rhythm and you know do the chords, but like they don't know, they couldn't write it out musically what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I think it's like with any subject, if you have a raw talent for it, it can be in you know geometry or geology. You know, you can have this raw talent in your DNA that you can smell the rocks. You can smell the rocks, uh, but the more you study the and the more you speak the language, the yeah. better you'll be at it. Yeah, someone can. I can pick up most any instrument. And within a day, know enough of it that I can do a simple tunes on. Not so much. Just as, enough to be dangerous. Just Exactly. Just <laughs> enough to be dangerous. I'm so good. No. I mean, Daryl, if, if you didn't I show can, up the 19th, I could do it. I can middlingly play 20 different instruments. The I, trombone I'm not sound good. effects, Errol, yeah. you do it. I'm not well. I remember back in when I was a kid. I tried playing trombone, but my arm wouldn't reach seventh position. I'd be able to do so tight dental floss. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think I could do that. That's why God invented the bongo drum, so bass players can make fun of somebody. See, I really like the drums, but my only issue with the drums was it was so loud 
that like I would just bug the crap out of everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, they're but, loud for you, but remember, for every foot farther you step away, yeah. the quieter they become. But it, it, people go, oh, I'll just go with drums because how hard can it be? You try sitting in front of a front, front, a full drum kit, and you have four, all four limbs operate independently of each other and not lose yeah, that's, rhythm or that's time. Some, that's some serious coordination. Yeah, yeah there's no yeah. way. Well, you know, uh, you've never been to Java Jazz in Houston or in Spring, have you? I have not. Oh, yeah, Java Jazz. That's you remember what I'm talking about in Spring, yes, Texas? Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. Do, when they, they had drums there, mic. it sucked because it's so loud. Yeah, yeah, they do open mic. I believe they do open mic over there. I don't know if it's still up. I have, yeah. I, that was back when I was like 17. That yeah. was the place to go I, to watch. I like Java Jazz. Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting definitely. place. So uh, how do people, if, if you know, someone's got a kid out there, what are the age groups that you allow for ways and how do they get in touch with you? We are accepting seventh grade uh, up through college. As a matter of fact, I've uh, had a couple of students from Sam Houston. Uh, one of them's coming over to my house tonight, a trumpet player to play duets, that they are only in the band. They're not in the orchestra. And uh, so I have uh, a couple students from uh, from up the road at Sam Houston State that want to start coming down and playing with Waze also so that they can get their experience. And I'm sure they would love to move up to the Woodland Symphony, which is part of Waze is the training is that ground. Is the gateway? Yes, it is. It's the training ground. It's the next gen. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's the next gen of, of, of the Woodland Symphony players. So, uh, so we, we are accepting. Uh, juniors and seniors are a little busy in college. Uh, Lone Star students, uh, you know, junior college students are welcome to play with us, and we have a couple of them right now also. So, uh, so from seventh grade to, what would we call that? 14th. Uh, 13th, 14th <laughs> grade, yeah. What's the difference between orchestra and symphony? There is no difference. It's the same. Is it it's like one end of the world says one thing and the other end of the world says the other? Or you could put them both together and call it a symphony orchestra. Oh, now, what about horrible. symphony versus philharmonic? Sean, Sean, what's the difference? Oh. You know this kind of stuff. Why Why have two different words to say the same thing? Unless Is it two languages or something like that? It's like saying ATM machine. It's a, re it's a redundancy. Okay. Because the M and ATM. Yeah, is I know that. But it's a so, yeah, but I would... I, 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 like would have I, thought that if I'm sitting in a room and I'm like, "Hey, Sean, it's over by the orchestra." Well, the orchestra is the 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 full unit, and of course, you know, you have a symphony orchestra, you can have a philharmonic orchestra, you can have a pops orchestra. So but you can only have one type of symphony. An, oh, orchestra, no, no. and an orchestra is orchestrated. And I guess I mean with a symphony, if you just look at the breakdown, phony would be the uh, uh, sound, and then sim we'd have to look that one up, but that would be uh, probably like a sim sympathetic or so a, nah, a, a beautiful right. a beautiful a beautiful sound symphony right and a beautiful sound and a philharmonic orchestra is a guy named Phil and he plays a <laughs> harmonica. This all makes sense. Yeah, uh, September nineteenth, free show. What time does the show start? 5 p.m. for the orchestra. The play itself starts at 6. And it's free. Show up before. Bring a blanket. Blanket. cooler. You can't bring hide, tables. Hide your booze. Yes. Uh, put, put them in them. Um, get your uh, flask out. Yeah, get yeah. Your, Don't drink and drive. Get Don't your be Arctics an idiot. out. Mm -hmm. Is Uber in the woodlands? Yes. Because yeah, Uber is one of those things that's like a mystery to me. Because I know they don't have like full-time workers. So you don't really know if they're in the area. And it's like, is it there? Is it I not actually there? a couple of years ago, just for a lark, for about three weeks, I was an Uber driver, and I was never bored. In the Woodlands know, area, in yeah. the Woodlands, yeah, I just be you. sitting at home, and I have the app on, and ding, nine thirty at night, someone's wanting to leave the pavilion. Because I always call my drivers Alfred, and oh, nice. they don't really. I'd say Jeeves. No. <laughs> Gee, home Jeeves. That's a superhero reference. Come on, Alfred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need a detour. 
and we do have links. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna put it. Radio. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, put everything so. up. I don't know if it's up now because we had internet issues, so we had to reconnect. But I will put right. them up uh, on YouTube, and I put them up afterwards. Show. So I'll put uh, for the event for the two things going on with the Woodland Symphony, and also definitely, definitely the and Children's ways. Symphony. Uh, ways, ways, Woodlands, Woodlands area, area Youth Symphony. Youth yeah. Symphony. And, well, yeah. I mean, that's always amazing to me because I I didn't know anyone personally that went on to continue playing an instrument, but. I'm always constantly impressed when I run into people who are still play. Still play. It's it's like it's a dedication to something that will never end, mm-hmm. and and that that to me is really cool because I don't have that in my life, and so that person is clearly better than me. We have, I mean, we have uh, community theater people that want to continue their yeah. acting. We have community orchestras, and and I mean, Conroe has a great community orchestra too, right here. I mean, we have yeah. Conroe Symphony, but they're no Woodland Symphony. Because I inherited all of my, because they're not in the studio. I inherited all my grandfather's records, and because he, it's all he listened to. Yes, was you told or, me that. It was, yes. all, it's all he listened to is orchestrated music, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much stuff I got. And it's really cool just to see because he's really dedicated to the Houston Symphony, but even though he just like listening to it. And uh, one thing I remember is going with him to Tweeter Audio because he's a big audio person. So mm-hmm. you go into the rooms that are like you know like eighty k worth of stuff, and mm-hmm. he's like. He goes, I bought, brought this CD of, it was the Houston Symphony, a special recording he got from them. Tweeter, et cetera. My is gosh. It, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh, I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. It's in a long and I time. Going is that like Cactus Records from Houston? It's, well, no, it's a, it's no, it an was, audio place. Yeah, it was a chain. It was, it was we okay. had them in Boston. But it was like yeah. a super audio place yeah. where like, that's where you get the highest end audio equipment that's, for speakers That was and the best. Yeah, back in the in hmm. 70s, I must have been 80s. out of the country. Yeah, I was yeah. out of the country for that. Yeah. There was a good point between like community theater and uh, having directed community theater. Frequently, you know, when musicals are done, some theaters or organizations or actors don't get the fact that they're like, well, why am I volunteering but the musicians are being paid? And I've had to explain over the years that you don't have, no one's asking you right now. You don't have to explain. Well, that. well, no, because it, it frequently is asked. Musicians have to do so much. Oh yeah, you know they have to buy their instruments, maintain their instruments, keep going. I'm well, not saying anyone fa- can act. Well, they're faceless. But. You have no idea who they are. You yeah. just you just call the Woodland Symphony. Like in your plays, people get to you know people to have like you have your pictures and everything. You get head sh- exactly. I mean, yeah, you get noticed, and these people don't. That's right. So they're the thingless ones, but also they tell, that's why orchestra. Tell the actors musicians. shut up and you know act. That's right. You they act. always let the conductor stand up at the end of the play, though. They always they always do I always this. get mad too. It's like that guy didn't do anything. Yeah, all I do is wave, wave his, his arm around. Yeah. How hard can that right. be? Probably get paid double than everybody. Yeah, I mean, come right. on. You, you got it, but. Is it just me, or I'm thinking in four or five hundred years, when they look back at our era of classical music, it's going to be all film soundtracks. Exactly. All yep. John Williams yeah. and Bernstein. And, no, th- what's cla- when I'm talking about classical, I'm talking like just instrumentals. You know, like Beethoven. Well, based Bach. off record sales, maybe. But like, I think there's people out there creating music. But I also think the theory of music the delivering of the sound is different. So for example, like EDM and all those kind of like that are purely musical, no, no, uh, singing in mm-hmm. it. Like that to me is very similar to the symphony because people are creating dif- different rhythms and it's just by today's standard, we enjoy a different sound than they did enjoy it at that time. I'm just wondering who would, you know, we say, you know, name me five classical composers, uh, Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, Mendelssohn, Brahms. They're, you know, 500 years from now, they're going to say, name from the 21st century or 20th century, five classical composers. And it's going to be Williams, well, Bernstein, Elfman, Well, you're, well, you're, setting, yeah. you're setting the parameters. You say classical. So, oh, like, 
But Where, every we've always had classical. That's what I'm saying. It's going to keep going. Yeah. Because if mean, you notice in like Star Trek or the Orville or something, whenever they say play classical music, they're still going well, back to well, Beethoven. Um, well, really, unfortunately, uh, if you think about that time period when uh, you're a classical writer, you're being paid for, you're being paid either by like the state, by rich people, or like something's going on that you're asked to do it. Mm-hmm. Very rarely where it's like, this is a passion project and I'm sitting here. Well, and, mo- and a lot of the ancient and, composers were uh, hired by churches and yeah. they composed for every Sunday. And, like, like Hans Zimmer is hired by a guy who wants to make an art project called a movie. And it's like, hey, we want music to be part of the movie. It's an, like, together similar to what they did with beethoven everybody mm-hmm. it's like hey we want to do this thing we need your music or you know yeah whatever. and as daryl said mendelssohn wrote it's called water music and it was basically a soundtrack but what to... about broadway and stuff like that is, i mean that's not like for example a fan of the opera is that considered classical well would lloyd weber i think lloyd weber would be counted as one of the the greats right. for, for for you know it, 500 years name five late miserables would definitely be in classical yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's it. I think today's standard is dependent on somebody creating something. And then the the thing that follows is the classical music, mm-hmm. opposed to like the main entertainment source was the classical music mm-hmm. for the rich people, right? So because even then, you know, those were operas because that's what people went to instead of Friday night movies. They'd go to the opera. Or well, it's even still the, today, going to the symphony is expensive as hell. Like the the thing that I like not what, the Woodland Symphony. Well, that's what that's what is really important to mention to people is like I think like uh, sorry this is your competitor but like I just remember the number like Conrad Symphony I think they did like six shows a year seven shows a year and a donation of like 120 bucks gets you tickets to all of them. That's correct or something right. like that. Yeah, it, it's and not expensive. It's to, not very to expensive. go to a community orchestra is not. Yes, mm-hmm. no. and and I think it's something that like I, the sad thing is it's not as as publicly renowned like it's not something i mean that's why the houston symphony had to do the video game stuff because they had a way to make money they yeah because when you talk local seats. music everyone thinks with well, local guitar player on open mic night or, or local band rarely does local music equal symphony and that's and video what games have symphony music they do definitely because so, i actually own several and, and that's a that's a big thing about what orchestras have to do to bring in this next generation yeah. we did it we did a concert called firebird and final fantasy and mm-hmm. we played stravinsky's firebird suite in the first half and we played music from final fantasy we played music from legend of zelda yeah. in the second half and the older people were able to hear what the what the kids are listening to that's right that's a now. great little hybrid because yeah, but the bridge is built between us. Exactly, two. and so we had a great generation of musicians. We did a uh, a concert of uh, symphonic Santana, and we had a, a guitar player, John Carney, from the Woodlands originally, and um, he's a sound alike, look alike of of Carlos Santana. But um, I rewrote all the parts for strings and for the full orchestra to back him up. I mean, people people loved it. So we we have continually we we need to blend the rock and roll with the orchestra to get in the next generation. But what the Woodland Symphony does, and I hope that the other orchestras do, is make sure that you're still presenting at least one or two classic pieces along with that. Then is they that get a to, royalty thing? You have to pay royalties for that kind of stuff? Because I imagine that's kind of like the restriction on playing a lot of like Santana and stuff. You yes, pay, there's yeah. definitely, yeah. There was, but like Beethoven, you don't have to do anything. Right. That's yeah. You don't even have to call it's, anyone. It's public domain. Like you just right. do it, and we do. And, and that's and, what you do. The Tempest, right? You just do it. You don't have to call. Do it. It. You don't have to call. It. No, really. Like I think that's. Oh, like, that's another reason why Shakespeare's so popular. Yeah. He's free. Yeah, and I think I think a lot more uh, smart people should let go of some royalties and just try to what do you call it, rev up the arts community because 
to me, it's uh, you get, that's what forces you as the artist to be more creative because it makes financial sense to play the Beethoven, but it's like... Well, if you notice, there's a lot of collaboration between modern musicians and orchestras. You know, you laugh all you want, but I saw Yanni at the Pavilion with the London Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. and it was a mind-blowing experience. It was just amazing. It was during the Live at the Acropolis phase. Uh, you know, I yeah. heard the London Symphony in, in London actually do uh, modern, like, Beatles music, you know, back in the, in the 70s. Uh, you get a lot of... Uh, Santana actually working with orchestras. Uh, It's a big thing. The orchestras are always there in whatever capacity they need to be in. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for coming in and sharing uh, what's going on with the Woodland Symphony in Waze. Waze, yes. Uh, Woodland Area Youth Symphony. And I'll put all the information, what Daryl was talking about, in the description, especially the upcoming performance of The Tempest. Shakespeare in the Park and the the Woodlands starts at 5 o'clock. The symphony will open up with a little special show, and then at 6 o'clock the play will start. Mm -hmm. And then uh, make sure to bring your masks, uh, make sure to bring your blanket, bring your uh, non-alcoholic drinks. And then uh, you can bring a cooler, no glass. That's pretty much the only rule is no glass. Yeah, put no glass and no tables. Yeah. But other than that, go to town, my friends. So that sounds like a lot of fun. We'll put the inf- information there. Uh, anything else? We got, we're closing the show, so you got Carol, like one, you got one minute. Just uh, the, wor- the word is out. Get those students to start signing up. There'll be uh, my telephone. My phone is always open. Emails, whatever you want, the website, uh, woodlandsymphony.org. Click on the Waze tab on woodlandsymphony.org. And uh, just come on out. We want to get, we want to build up the next generation of young musicians. All right, that's cool. There we go. We'll do a Queen well, Suite at some point. Yeah. Uh, so it is Friday, the uh, September 11th. Uh, we will be back next week. We do know we do, uh, for sure have a guest on. Friday the 18th. And we'll have guests on Wednesday too. Wednesday. We're mm-hmm. going to have the Tempest cast, I believe. Yeah, and on select Friday, members. <laughs> on Friday, we're going to have some corporate, like. Some corporate lackey. Lackey from T Mobile. Some lap dog. So he's calling in from Chicago. Chicago. Couldn't get the local guy in because they're afraid of what he'd say. I hope he makes it through so. to next Friday so we can phone in. What's going on in Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of crime, dude. I feel like that's just all made up. Okay. I mean, I I, I can see it. You know, we'll be right. We'll see you on Monday. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.